Hey, Brandon Lewis here, and this video goes out to all of my APC Magazine fellow subscribers, and it's about how to increase your closing rates. What is it that makes a consumer of residential or commercial repaint services buy? If you're like so many owners, you're constantly perplexed that you run around town, present your services to people, do quality work, and yet your closing rates remain in the 20 to 30% range. That's incredibly low. Or you may discover that you're up against either A, more professional outfits who seem to have a more sophisticated sales system so you can't compete with them, or worse yet and most likely, you're competing with people who are unethically participating in the painting market, meaning they don't carry uh, insurance overhead, they're not registered with uh, all of the proper governing agencies, and therefore you end up in this situation where you're constantly competing on price and you're losing. So today we're gonna walk through about five steps that will help you increase your closing rates. So let's jump in to the content. First things first, the most important thing that we have to start with is how you, as the owner, as the painter, whether you're one or the other, how do you think about sales? Most people think about sales, most owners, incorrectly. And the big thing that we're always thinking about is price. We think that the entire sales process is set up so that we can go in and give someone a price for our painting services. Pricing is not selling, okay? Pricing is not selling. So the first thing I'm gonna ask you to do is to begin to think about your entire process as a form of persuasion, not a form of pricing. Often when we go to industry events, we'll spend hours and hours in a room talking about how you price things, when that really has very little to do with why people buy. And if you want to look at the kind of money you can make from pricing effectively and pricing quickly, go to Walmart. Look at someone who rings up groceries. They do thousands of transactions an hour, but are they getting paid well? No. But then you look at people that are in the top sales positions and companies. Do they get paid well? Absolutely. So you've got to get into the business of selling and out of the business of pricing and estimating. The second thing I really want you to think about is where are your other competitors? And by that, I don't mean painting competitors. I mean, when you go out to a job and you charge $3,000 on average, or if you're doing a $7,000, $8,000, $12,000, $15,000 exterior, and you're asking that homeowner, that business owner, to write a check to you for $15,000, $16,000, $12,000, often that is the price of plastic surgery. That is the price at $7,000 of selling like a $300,000, $400,000 home on a commission for a realtor. It's the same kind of money that people would pay during an IRS tax audit. It's the same money that people would pay in a middle-class divorce. Yet we're trying to sell our services as if they are priced at $9.99. And I don't mean $999, I mean $9.99. We show up at the house, we build a little rapport, we make a little small talk, and maybe we ask some pre-qualifying questions on the phone. Then we say, well, let me send you something. We go home and send the weakest, wimpiest email, the weakest method, where nothing expensive is sold, perfect for selling beans and shoes, and then we send this weak and wimpy email, 
and we call and maybe make a phone call or send an email follow-up and when the jobs don't close we move on to the next one well it's because we're focused on pricing delivering a price is not selling it's not persuading the customer so the first thing we definitely have to do is to stop thinking of ourselves as estimators and as craftsmen we have to start thinking of ourselves as business owners entrepreneurs and sales professionals that's big tip number one let's talk about big tip number two all right trust why do people buy from you people buy from you because they trust you that's why a customer gives you such an inordinate amount of money for painting their home right so the first thing is I want to give you this formula and you can write this down and that is trust is equal to LSQ times NI times QI okay and this is going to get a little complicated but let me walk you through it and then it will be very simple so the first thing you have to know is that trust is equal to the number of interactions you have with someone times the quality of those interactions do you follow so far NI number of interactions times QI quality of interactions now how can I illustrate this look at the picture below let's pretend that you are out on a very late night job maybe you're working with a manufacturing facility and it's in a bad part of town and you're having to work second shift or third shift to get the job done let's say you went to check on your cruise now you're driving back in your van and you crash and you are in a bad part of town like the worst part of town where all of the crime is committed the one little zip code where it's always on the nightly news okay you wreck your carts three in the morning you've got one cell phone battery bar left who do you call do you just pick out a phone book and start randomly calling people at 3 a.m. when you've wrecked your work van of course you don't you call somebody who you know and trust it could be a spouse it could be a friend it could be an in-law it could be one of your trusted crew members but what you do not do is randomly put yourself in the position of relying on someone you do not know and the reason you rely upon them is because you've had lots of interactions the numbers of interactions times the quality of interactions meaning every time that you have interacted with this individual it has been a positive or on average a positive interaction right and the quality of those interactions has been consistent now I'm gonna throw one more thing in here okay and you probably noticed I haven't referenced it yet and that's LSQ lead source quality so we're gonna talk about how long it takes to build trust or rather how long we have to build trust but in your sales process we teach people through the PowerPaint presentation process how to engineer this NI times QI, okay? How we engineer the number of interactions times the quality of interactions, but there's one thing that I can't account for in any sales process, and that is your lead source quality. Everyone knows that the absolute best customer, right, is one that is referred or one that is a repeat customer from previous jobs. So if we know that's the absolute best customer, even if you have a great process but if your lead source quality is coming from cold online traffic or cold traffic from traditional marketing and advertising you're still going to struggle with your closing rate even if you do a great job here simply because you can't make up for 
good lead source quality. Somebody who knows you, likes you, trusts you, has done work with you before, or someone who's referred by a trusted uh, relative, a trusted friend. So the first thing we really need to do before we ever talk about the sales process is make sure that we're spending ample time and money and that we've got strategies in place so that our lead source quality is good. Here's what I will tell you about this before I move on. I would rather send someone with a terrible sales process out to see a past customer or a referral than to put my money on someone who goes out to see a cold lead with a great sales process, but it's a cold lead. Okay, Nothing can make up for lead source quality, so you need to make certain if you're struggling with your closing rate, of course it probably has something to do with your sales process, but if you back one step up, what you're going to find is that your lead source quality is probably pretty bad, and if we don't fix that, this has no hope. Okay, So make sure that you know that. That's another talk for another time, but it's critically important you understand it. So let's move on here now to time. The moment the customer calls your office, the clock starts ticking. You've got about 24 to 156 hours to rapidly build trust through this formula. Number of interactions, quality of interactions. 24 to 156 hours. So how do you do that? How do you do that when, when you've got such a short period of time to build trust? We talked about who would you call in the middle of the night, somebody you've probably known for years, at least months. Who would you call for painting services? We don't have months, we don't have years to build our reputation except when we have processes in place for repeats and referrals, which again is another conversation for another time. Something I teach people to do. So, if we've got 24 to 156 hours, what's this look like? Okay, it really comes down to, and I'll draw this out on the board for you, it really comes out to what I call 3PF, okay? 3PF, 3 P, F, okay? This is how we build trust. And that is through pre-positioning, post-positioning, presenting, and follow-up. So when someone calls you on the phone, you need to answer it in a way that's meaningful to them. You need to say something that takes some worries and fears off of their plate. Something like, uh, welcome to ABC Painting, where we offer the cleanest, most courteous painting services in the XYZ area and our uh, no questions asked five-year guarantee, this is Brandon, how may I help you? Now you say, well, that's a mouthful, that's silly. Well, what, are someone what would somebody calling into your office be worried about? Are you gonna make a mess? Are you gonna be courteous? Can I trust your people? What happens if something goes wrong? In our first 30 seconds or less, we have answered those three questions succinctly, right? Versus John's painting. What does John's painting mean? Everybody's gonna answer John's painting, you need to get that phone answered live. Then we're going to do an intake survey. Before we ever arrive, we're going to send three pre-positioning emails about how our people, our processes, and our products are different. So you've got to do something similar. And we're going to drop some nice things in the mail that have frequently asked questions, testimonials, one of four surveys, either for interior residential, exterior uh, commercial, interior commercial, or interior residential. So four, whether it's inside, outside, commercial or residential, we're gonna send that in advance, along with social proof that proves we're somebody to be what? Trusted. We've got to prove to them, and we're gonna talk about that in a moment. So in addition to doing that pre-positioning where we have now, and if, think about it, if it's the number of interactions times the quality of interactions, and if before we ever arrive, 
The quality is better because of the way we answer and intake. The number of interactions has increased from one on the phone to three in the email. We actually send a manual in advance, so there's four plus mail. So we've touched them one, two, three, four, five times more than our competitors before we arrive, and the quality was better, right? The quality was better in that phone call. So we're going to show up. And instead of doing what most people do, where you kind of look at the bowling trophy, look at the kids, try to make some kind of small talk that's really kind of insignificant beside the point, we're going to walk up, immediately give them a gift based on what they told us in the intake survey. And you know, one out of five people, their love language is the gift. We're going to break the ice with them. We're also going to harken back to a conversation we had, which means we are listening and we can keep track from the time we talk to someone on the phone to the time we arrive. It shows we're professional and competent. Then we're going to walk through a little overview process. Then we're going to take up that simple little survey and we're going to start asking questions about their project. Now, why do we do that? Think back to what I said about how we are to think about sales, right? When you go see a doctor, an attorney, an accountant, any other white-collar professional, what do they do? You come in, you sit in their office, they take out some kind of diagnostic, they start filling it out and asking you questions. That's where we need to be if we want to get the same types of margins as white-collar professionals, okay? And see, the reason we're doing this, and we're going to get back to the, the, we're in the P of presenting now, we talked about pre-positioning, we're in presenting now, is because of this. Look down here. This lady. She's got one contract in her hand from you. She's got one contract in her hand from them, okay? You have got to, in most cases, pile up enough proof that you're worth being hired to offset their price, right? You've got low-priced competitors in your area, constantly losing to them. If you don't pile up the proof, the price is always going to win. So we've got to push this proof down so that she picks us versus them even when we're more expensive. That's why we're going to this trouble. And I'll talk to you about how it's really not much trouble in a moment. So we're still in presenting in the 3PF, okay? So we're going to go through this overview. We're going to go through uh, the survey. And then we're going to go through what we call an audit. We're going to make sure we keep the customer with us. Never let them wander off. Study after study shows the more time you spend with someone in a sales environment, the more likely they are to close. And after we do that, we're going to leave them with what we call a leave-behind book that's going to have tons of testimonials, letters, pictures, uh, accreditations, etc., so that they can look at that while we go out to the car and do our on-site printed estimate. Okay? You never want to leave a customer by themselves watching Oprah watching HGTV, they can't be sold, okay, and you got to make the most of that golden hour, so they're going to leave them with something that they can consume that will sell them, and we're actually going to reward them for consuming it. We're going to come back in before we present the estimate, and let me stop here. If you are emailing your estimates, you've got to stop. It's the weakest, wimpiest medium in the world. People get 80 to 120 emails a day. They get lost. They go into spam. It's the weakest thing you can do to close a sale weakest thing you can do to close a sale. You've got to be doing these things in person, okay? Do them in person. Um, at everything expensive sold in person in every situation when I've helped hundreds of painting contractors when they start doing it in person, two things happen. It takes less time, they make more money. Hardly anything can you find in your business that both takes less time and makes more money. This is one of them. You need to be doing it. Okay, so we're going to present, before we present that on site, that estimate, we're going to do what we call 
our company story. Now, you would think, well, Brandon, haven't we told them about our company in our pre-positioning? Haven't we told them about our company in our leave-behind book? Haven't we told them about company in, in the mail and the emails we've sent? You always have to assume that no one has read anything. But when you stand beside someone shoulder to shoulder and you walk them through a short presentation hitting on the high points, the most powerful arguments you can possibly make, you know without a shadow of a doubt that was consumed. We can't take any risk. We're going to do that before we show what? Our price. Right? Because we've got to do what? Build the proof that they need to use us even though we're more expensive. So we're going to go into that process immediately and then we're going to walk them through the estimate, we're going to ask them for their business. Mrs. Johnson, if this looks good to you, is it okay if we put you on the production schedule? I don't think there's 15,000 different ways to close, okay? I think there's like, if you do a good job with this, you just need to ask them for the business. Then we're going to leave them with what we call a post-positioning packet, which teaches them exactly how to hire a painting contractor, and it's going to provide all the proof that we are who we say we are. And we've got scripts and things that we use here. You need to be using scripts too, because if not, then you're just doing something different every time and you're gonna get different results. Now, why do we use this post-positioning packet? Essentially, and I'll give you a little giveaway tip. This is a big secret. I'll lean into the customer and I'll say, let me ask you a question. Does the painting industry have a good reputation or a bad one? You can be honest. And usually they're quiet. And I'll say, it's pretty bad, isn't it? And I say, well, what do you think the chances are that if you hire a contractor, that if you don't do your homework and you don't know how to hire them, given that we have a bad reputation that's frankly deserved, that you'll probably have a bad experience. It's pretty high, don't you think? And I say, yeah. Well, let me tell you how to hire a painting contractor, what you need to look for. Again, going back to this proof element, we call it the preponderance of proof strategy. If one piece of proof is good, a hundred's a hundred times better. Preponderance of proof. We're gonna show them how to do this to, to select us, to, to hire us. And if you don't do that, you're not really planting the seeds of doubt. You need to be planning that your cheap price competitors aren't to be trusted. And then after all that, some of them will not close, but much, uh, many more will after you've done everything we've talked about here. We're going to walk into what we call the nine steps of follow-up. If you're stopping after one or two steps of follow-up, your crazy GE Capital did a, a study of what they call a major household purchase. I think it was six or seven hundred dollars. And it took people 13 months from the time they initially thought about buying that household good until they pulled the trigger. 13 months. Yet when people don't say yes on the spot or yes within a couple of weeks, we call them tire kickers. And that goes back to this whole thing right here, LSQ lead source quality. We recommend that people keep their unconverted leads in a funnel and that they reach out to them in many cases on a monthly basis uh, through something that's real easy and simple or at least three times a year through customer reactivation. So this is the deal. If you want to sell your painting services for higher prices, you've got to do some of this stuff. You've got to think the right way. You've got to understand the trust equation. You have to really understand that you're under the gun to, in a compressed period of time, build trust. And finally, you've got to build up enough proof so that price is irrelevant, or at least doesn't matter as much for the key kind of types of clients that you really want. Last thing I'm gonna tell you, this is really important. People hear me talk about this process, and they always go, Brandon, that sounds like a lot to do. Sounds like a lot of work. Yes and no. Yes, in that you're gonna have to set it up, 
But when you go out to do an estimate, it takes no more time, energy, or, or effort to do the world's crappiest estimate versus the Rolls-Royce of estimates. The only difference is you'll either make more money or you'll make less. Once you decide to go see a customer, you've already committed to that hour and a half, haven't you? An hour and a half, usually driving there, driving back, not counting setup. Why not just take that hour and a half and make it the best hour and a half possible? If you set up all of this stuff in a pre-printed, pre-formulated, pre-formatted situation, there's not a lot of work to do. You carry it with it in the car before long, it's second nature, and you do it just like you would paint a wall or do anything else. Lastly, you are probably a craftsman in your business, right? A craftsman. You would never leave paint all over a floor in a customer's house. You would never let lines be all a who. You would never let your guys listen to loud music and smoke in a customer's home. But are you doing that in your sales process? Is your sales process a mess? Is it slovenly? Is it not what a craftsman would do? You've got to be a craftsman, not just on the wall, not just on the door, not just on the trim, in your business, and in particular, in your sales process. So, for my fellow APC Magazine subscribers, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it's been helpful. And if you have questions that aren't answered or if any of this went by too fast, watch it again or email me, brandon at paintersacademy.com. That's brandon at paintersacademy.com. And there's also lots of free reports, CDs, audio, and video training you can get at paintersacademy.com. Thank you for being an APC Magazine subscriber. I hope this has helped. Talk to you next time.